Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Well, hello. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this edition of the Victor Marks Show. I am your host today because, well, that's actually my name, so they make me do this. We have two incredible guests. They're actually friends of ours. And, you know, my wife and I, we love couples that have the same type of moxie uh, and faith that we feel like we do. And uh, our guests today definitely have that. We're talking about Gabriel and Lorraine Varela. They're founders of Inspiring Faith International, and this husband and wife duo are especially passionate about promoting and strengthening faith in Christ, both within the church and in the secular world. Not only have they devoted their time to leading teams to foreign countries where they minister to locals, they are bringing a healing truth of God's salvation right to the heart of Hollywood. This will be a powerful and insightful conversation today, and you don't want to miss it. So now let's get to it on this edition of the Victor March Show. Well, hey, you two, thank you for joining me today. And I always love our before we're on the, the show visit, but I want us to just continue that same vein. You guys, we often hear about us that we're the real deal. Well, I, I know that to be true of y'all. Y'all are the real deal. And thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. We appreciate the invitation. Thank you. Yeah, we're so honored to be with you here today, Victor. So thank you. Well, let's just jump right into it. Tell us more about the ministry that you'll have and the drive behind it. What made y'all so passionate about inspiring others to grow in their faith? I believe that the Lord has placed this in our hearts uh, many years back. And uh, just going out to the nations and meeting leaders that were uh, on top of ministries internationally, and having a heart for the Middle East. Uh, we've been to several countries in the Middle East and uh, just the people and bringing the message of the Lord of Yeshua, Jesus, to them was something that it was deep in our hearts to do that through writing and through film and etc. So we are passionate to inspire others to do the same and to bring uh, the heart of the Lord onto those countries where it's so needed. Well, Victor, I would say also that it first came to our attention in 2011 when our daughter was at a discipleship school on the island of Cyprus. And we surprised her as we, we took our older daughter. It was our 20th anniversary year. And so we thought we'd make this trip, surprise her on the island of Cyprus. She had just come back from Israel. And um, in this little community of faith, it was on this mountaintop in Moniates. The place is called Gateways Beyond International. And it was just a handful of students that were in a rundown old restaurant that had previously been a bar in the, like the 1940s. So you think about, you know, Yeshua was born into this stable and in this manger scene. This is what it reminded me of, like the most humblest of beginnings, but the presence of God was so strong there. We stayed on that mountaintop for three days and on the third day the teams uh, surrounded us and just prayed for us as a family. Oh, wow. 
They oh, gave wow. us prophetic words. They shot. It was like being shot out of a cannon, literally. And we were going from Cyprus back up to England, Scotland, and some other European countries. And our whole focus changed after that prayer time. I mean, our that's when we were actually launched into ministries. What I feel is that even though we were doing things in the church prior to that, and Gabriel's a pastor, and there were other things, but that was a real launching place. And so when we left that that little mountaintop area, our whole focus changed. And so we were going into these nations and we're looking at people differently. We're looking for people. We're looking for people that we can pray for and minister to. And it wasn't about sightseeing and just doing the the things that we typically would do, but we would be in front of Notre Dame and that we see a man who's struggling to walk. Well, can we pray for your foot? And he gets healed. You know, there's just so many stories of just this incredible time and I would say that we were walking in the light of the Lord, walking in his glory, and we didn't realize just how special that was. We knew God was doing something, but when we returned home, his presence was still just emanating from us. And people were saying, what happened to you? Something's different. We mm-hmm. want to have what you have. Tell me what ha- what's changed. And it's like, I, I've been a believer since I'm three and I've never had anybody that come to me. It's like, I want what you have. And so that would be, I would say, our launching point for inspiring faith. You know what? I'd love it. There is a thing, a person called the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we forget about him, right? Mm -hmm. In the church and Christianity where his anointing can definitely come on you as presence. And it does change us. I would encourage Christians listening right now. Don't just settle uh, for what maybe is satisfactory in your own church or the believers, you know, want more, be hungry. Uh, and be willing to step out and do what God tells you to do in order for him to, I would say, bless you in a greater way. Because a lot of it is based on obedience and faith and just trusting him. I'm not sure that would have happened to you if you would have just stayed home. <laughs> no. no, there's power in going for sure. I, th- I think the exception is to stay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, the Great Commission, we all go and we need to go. God already already said so. So, so y'all are really, y'all have acted like itinerant ministers where you just, Lord, wherever you send us, we'll go. And, um, I, I love that. Now, Lorraine, did I reach out to you originally? I'm trying to piece this together. I did because you had written a book, a little book called, uh, love in the face of ISIS. And this is, this is right where. I mean, we were in the middle of it. We're, you know, yeah. and I was like, okay, no one. I've seen people write a couple of books about ISIS, and I was very unimpressed. And if I mentioned their names, I I would tell people don't buy the book. When I re- when I got yours and read it, I was like, okay, she gets it, and I don't know who she is, but I'm gonna find out. And so that's that's how we originally connected, right? Yeah, that is. Why in the world would you write a book about ISIS and talk about love and all that right in the middle of them beheading people? Isn't that amazing? It is. Well, the story is that I was at a writer's conference in Washington state to introduce myself to an editor from Chosen Books. Chosen had just picked up my first book, Powerful Moments in the Presence of God. It was in the production cycle. And I was just so thankful to this team that I wanted to meet everybody that I could and just say thank you for for choosing this book and putting it into production and it hadn't even come out yet. But so this was in May of 2015. 
And ISIS had just started its, its world presence in 2014. So it was very, very new. We had a friend we met in Jerusalem that year who had a ministry in Baghdad. His name's Canon Andrew White. And so we, we had some familiarity with what was happening in the Middle East, but I, wouldn't, I wasn't an expert by any means. So at this conference, this writer's conference, this, uh, this editor had, was speaking about how do you get a publisher to be interested in picking up your book? And I thought, oh, I know, because <laughs> I already have one. You don't go in with an I know attitude. It's just not, it's not a good thing. But so, <laughs> but so she gave her spiel, and then she had us do an exercise just to put this into practice. And there were nine students in the class that day, and she divided us into three teams. And she said, so I'm going to give you a practice exercise, and I want you to write a, a compelling title and a good, strong supporting statement for this book. So for one of the teams, she talked about a current event. It was a train derailment in Pennsylvania. I guess it'd be similar to write about Antifa or something that's in the news today. The second group got a really fun assignment, cookbook for roadkill. But my team got the assignment, write about ISIS in the Middle East. And so immediately I had this vision of being seated in heaven, looking at the earth from God's perspective. I knew this would be a book about prayer. How do we pray heaven to earth? How do we pray his heart into the most horrible of situations, really? There's just no words to describe what was happening. And so we came up with this really compelling statement about this would be a prayer strategy guide. We'll share with Christians how to pray, pray God's heart. And we'll make seven prayer strategies because seven's a great number. And, and pretty much that was it. And when I looked at that at the end, I just said, wow, this is going to be a great book someday. And mm. I know, praise God for the person who's going to write that. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I think I'm supposed to write that. And so basically what happened is I took that, that little summary statement to my editor at Chosen Books and she shared it with the team. They loved the concept. They gave me 24 hours to come up with a full 3,500 uh, chapter and the chapter, uh, well, yeah, the, the different chapters that would be included and everything that that would entail. Then I needed to write a summary statement of why I was the person to write the book and, and I had 24 hours to, to deliver on point. Wow. You know, when you get an assignment like that, of course you say yes, because you know that God is in it. And the next thing you do is you get on your knees and you say, Lord, I have no idea where to oh, start. Yeah. That was how Low in the Face of ISIS. And also, I just have to add that the title um, came to me while I was in worship in our small Messianic congregation. My friend Lori was leading worship. And while we were singing, I hear the words, Love in the Face of ISIS, just mm. dropped into my spirit. And I know that's from the Lord. And I know that's the title. And I just like, God, okay, so tell me more. Like, why? Why Love in the Face of ISIS? And he asks me these questions. You know, what is love? And who is love? And so I will, you are love. So God in the face of ISIS is like, wow, that's powerful. I can get behind that. I love hearing that. And we ordered books from you because we started giving them out to help people understand what we were doing. Uh, what was y'all's perspective when you found out about us and what we were doing over there? Praise God that there was a team that was going in to reach the most vulnerable in this hor horrific situation. I mean, such an impression was put on us. Like, we're not alone in, in having a heart for the Middle East. I think sometimes, you know, the West is so dis disjointed from what's happening um, in the Middle East. We live our lives kind of just kind of in our own bubble and we forget, you know, right. to really have a heart of concern for what's happening over there. 
Yeah, I, I think that people just write a check and let other the experts kind of take care of the battleground. But uh, I think that uh, an encounter with you was definitely uh, an affirming thing of what we were doing with our heart for the Middle East. I mean, you have a heart for the Middle East. You've been there. You've been a you've been the forefront of the of, of the battleground, and that just confirmed this this whole project of the book. And we also have uh, a movie with the same title that we're producing. And so it's God. God is right there. I mean, you are the real, I tell people, Mar- Victor Marx is the real deal. I mean, <laughs> there's no pretense. There's nothing. He's in the forefront saving people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that to me tells me that you have to get, put your boots on and go and do with uh, kind of like liberating the ones that are needed. Well, Victor, I'll tell you that because of our connection to you and having met you, it gave us the courage. Actually, I didn't need a lot of courage. I didn't need a lot of it's like we went into Iraq after we met you and we were invited by some friends who live there who are not so far from Mosul. And unfortunately, to my sadness, we were not able to go into that area because we didn't have the right permissions for the right. short time that we were there. But, you know, it's just we were we went. Yeah, I we love went it. to Iraq. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we went to an event called A Hundred Hours of Prayer for the yeah. Middle East. Yeah. And we were there with, with our friends that have a ministry there, and we just loved it. And we have some friends in the Middle East also right there in, in Erbil. And we made connections, and God just brought a lot of things during the, that short period of time. And uh, we were not afraid we just had to wait on the Lord and say, okay, do you want us to go? Because Lorraine is ready to go. She buy, she's <laughs> buying tickets. You know, and I'm, I'm over here like, are you sure? What are you doing? And uh, give me some time to pray. And then God said, you're going. And the peace of God just came over us. And it was a fantastic trip. I, I love that. I, You know, there's, over the years, many people have contacted us saying, take me with you. And I would say, Why? Why are you going? Did the Lord tell you? And most of the time, it's not God telling people, to be honest. Most of the time, it's them being moved by emotion or them wanting a a sense of excitement. And, you know, this isn't the way to get closer to God, you know, or get away from your spouse. This is is a way you'd better be called to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I would just tell folks listening out there, uh, and I've always said this. I've told people, hey, if you're supposed to go, you will. If your heart's yeah. open to yeah. the Lord and you desire, he, he'll make a way. But they're like, well, you you do it for me. And I go, no way, not a chance. Because, you know, people die there and it's not, yeah. it's not a game. Uh, but in that same tone, I never forget when an imam asked me, uh, we had helped some families get out of Iraq, persecuted Christians. And he's the one that brought us to where they were hiding. He said, sir, where are your people in America? Hmm. These are your people here. And how come y'all don't help? And it's what you said earlier. There's a disjointedness. There's an apathy. It's like, well, those Christians, you know, you know, whatever. They're not, they don't look like us. They don't act like us. It's a shame that we don't really stand and help the whole body of Christ. Because oftentimes in America, People are fed and fat and sitting on the couch, and I'm talking about spiritually, and not doing a thing. They're not even writing checks. They're not praying. 
Yeah. Um, they're certainly not going. And it's like, well, why has God blessed America to the extent it has? Gabriel, yeah, you were born in Mexico City. Yes. You know the difference, right? And it's like, there are reasons, I'm going to shock a lot of people, but there are reasons why people in other countries hate Americans. Some of them are valid. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, coming from, from a third world country gives you a, a perspective of what poverty is, of the needs, of the abuse, of the injustice of things. And you know, you go out there to the world, it's no different. You know, where there's a cartel and the atrocities they're doing across the border on the south here, or is it in Mosul, is it in that those areas? It's evil and there are victims. And we need to reach out to that thing. That's the big motivator for me coming from, from Mexico is that I see the poverty. I see the need. I see the widows. I see the orphans because they're, they were in Mexico too. And the love of God, the love of Messiah is still the same. And you are being used as a vehicle no matter where you go in order to do that. I remember going to Jordan, Lorena and going to Jordan interviewing the uh, refugees escaping ISIS mm -hmm. and staying there in these apartments. And we're just talking to them and you see the desperation, you right. see the, the sadness. But you also, what, strike, what struck me about that time is that, you know, I had not met any Iraqis, I think, prior to going to Jordan. And so in your mind, you're thinking, okay, so this is different culture and everything is so different. But then I'm sitting face to face and I'm listening to their stories and like, you're just like us. You're worried about your family. You're right. trying to make a living. You're kind of wrapped up in your life and you're forgetting about your faith. And then all of a sudden this happens and it just kind of blows everything up. And now you, you're, you know, you're bringing back to the foot of the cross and Jesus, I need you kind of a moment. And I'm just like, I can so relate to that. And I think that was just one thing I had to see is like, there are no boundaries between us where people we have this yeah. we have the shared human experience yeah you know that's why i love what the word of god says about widows and orphans to help them in the time of need he doesn't say christians widows and orphans <laughs> right he says widows and orphans right hey yeah. let's and it's a great opportunity i can you know like we're actually we're 14 times over to the middle east we have a house there we we're residents. We actually had to get citizen card residents for Northern Iraq, Kurdistan. And I mean, they took blood. We had to go through these long process. And I'm like, you know, we're not there to change the people. We're just there to help ease the suffering and bring the hope of Christ. Mm -hmm. And when ministries like y'all do that or us, I would hope Christians who aren't called to that, but maybe called to pray or support and the deal is, you know, we, we have such a tremendous support group for our ministry. I mean, amazing. Our minds boggling. When COVID hit, our donations went up, like increased significantly. Wow. And all we could do is go, Lord, what, what do you want us to do? He wanted us to build a leadership training center to reproduce, to encourage, to strengthen believers to do, to do life here in the U.S., to do work in high-risk regions. But, I, I, you know, it's a privilege to be part of something that maybe you're not the person to go, but you can pray for and watch what happens. I mean, do y'all find that makes a difference for you guys with your organization? 
Absolutely. And we have that, those handful of people that just really have caught on to what the Lord is doing and said, yes, you know, and because of them, we were able to go into Iraq and do the things that God called us to do. We were able to go to Australia to take the message of unplanned into that nation and open it up to talk about the, the evils of abortion and, and overturn that in that, not that it's overturned, but to make inroads in that. So yeah, praise God for those that I, in fact, that's exactly the feedback that we receive. We can't do this, but we recognize that there's an anointing on you to, to go and we want to be a part of that. And in sending you, we feel like we're going with you. And it's amazing. It's Thank such a God you. thing. Yeah, I think the partners in heart before it's, it's monetary is partners in heart. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. Yeah. And the, and the second thing for us is serving, serving the body of, of the Lord and serving those in need. If you're not a servant and you're not partnering in your heart with the ministries, then you're just playing games. And, and you know, it's not going to be fruitful. So we are super motivated to do whatever God tells us to do. It's not about I plan, he plans and then tells me. You know, that's kind of uh, the way we move. It has to be a gift of the Holy Spirit to have this mm-hmm. desire to go into the Middle East. I feel like, you know, that, you know, prior to this heart change, we were off to the Bahamas. You know, we, right. Gabriel was working for Microsoft. He was doing the, the normal American thing, right. you know, and then it just it just completely shifted. Well, I remember Lorraine asking the Lord asking Lorraine, where do you want to go? Yes. And she's like, like, wow, that's a great question, Lord. <laughs> you know, wow, I can choose. And she says, I want to go to Egypt. <laughs> I said, okay. We had so, never been to the Middle East. We'd never oh, wow. done that kind of traveling. It's so like we go Egypt. to Egypt to serve and to impart the word. And yeah, we did see the pyramids, but we went into places and we were in secret meetings with youth of Christian kids that love Yeshua, that it it was at night, it was secret. And, you know, we were all over Egypt with the same heart. I think that God had ignited that heart right there. And then just by that question, where do you want to go today? You know, that's a question that everybody should be like, okay, Lord, you know, I want to go here. Okay, yeah. we'll Gabriel's make a way. thought that was the craziest thing to say, Egypt. I thought that was crazy when it came out of my mouth. It was in the middle of the night when I'd been praying. Oh, yeah. It was the end of a prayer session, and the Lord asked that. But um, you know, going into Egypt, one thing we found out is that there, for whatever reason, again, I'm going to use that word anointing. But when we would see like um, the Muslim families, it was the women, it was the grandmothers, it was the children, it was the young teenage boys, it was the the guys on the street. I had this connection with these people. Like they were drawn to me. They're like, you know, come over here, take pictures. And I'm like, okay, but my, my daughters are right here. My teenage daughters are with us. And the teenage boys are like, oh no, we want a picture with you. And it's like, I can't explain it. It was just the presence of God. The Holy Spirit. Well, you guys, this conversation, I'm loving it. And I know some people are leaning forward going, okay, well, I, I do pray and, you know, I give and I support, but I feel like maybe I am supposed to go somewhere. And to those of you listening and maybe feeling that we want to help prayerfully facilitate that you get to experience what we're talking about. Uh, But due to time constraints, we're going to have to pick this up tomorrow. So, and I'm excited to talk about brother, you were healed of cancer, weren't you? I was. I'm I'm not going to say anything else. That's a teaser, people. 
you're going to have to tune in to tomorrow's broadcast to hear the miraculous story of uh, God does heal. Uh, he is still in the business of healing. And uh, we'll ask the hard questions, too, why he doesn't. So, you guys, thank you so much for being on the program today. If people want to, right now, turn off the podcast or turn on the, the radio and go to your website, where can they find you guys on the Internet? We are at inspiringfaith.us and Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> and YouTube. We have a YouTube, channel, YouTube channel also, yeah. Inspiring Faith International. All on the same name. Yes. Yes. Great. Well, folks, go check them out right now because if you're just listening, you're, you're going to see what this good-looking couple looks like. <laughs> they, they are full throttle, folks, and we love them. So, hey, tune in tomorrow for the next episode of Us Continuous Conversation with Gabriel and Lorraine, who are the founder of his Inspiring Faith International. And, again, their their whole aim is to draw people closer to God you know, inside church, but also outside the walls. It's exciting. Christianity, living and following Christ is exciting. And I'll end with this. I often ask the Lord, either in the morning or most of the time at night, when everything's quiet, I just say, Lord, did I follow you today? Because I, I want to follow you. I want to hear your voice, and I want to do what you want me to do. Because we're all placed on this earth and it doesn't matter what he's telling you to do, as long as you're following him. We all have our different lanes to run in, but that's where his peace and presence and really the joy of our salvation is found. So whatever God's called you to do, run the race, go full throttle, do it for the glory of God. And we'll see you next time on the Victor Mark Show. Now, go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.